Welcome to the podcast and the church said. My name is Dr. Monique Smith Gadsden, a Christ follower, a licensed professional counselor specializing in the integration of the Christian faith in counseling and in marriage and family therapy. I'm your host for this weekly podcast where we discuss church and culture from a Christian counseling perspective. All of our insights are rooted biblically to foster emotional, mental, and spiritual health for individuals and churches. We help the many members of the body, as well as the body as a whole, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Although I am a licensed clinician, this podcast is not intended to serve as therapy. We strongly encourage you to seek out your own personal relationship with a professional therapist. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. Hello, everyone. I'm so glad to have you join us for our conversation on today. I would like to take time to thank everyone for listening to this podcast, to those who have subscribed and shared. I am so appreciative of your support and your encouragement. Please continue to support the work here. I do pray that you will find it to be insightful and beneficial. And I do pray it is a blessing in your lives. And as I constantly say, I pray most importantly that it is found to be pleasing unto God. Please head over to our website and sign up for our bulletin. Um, you can go to drmoniquesmithgadson.com. There will be a link in the show notes. In that bulletin, we will have information about upcoming events, mental health tips, and resources that we will share with you. So please continue to pray for our endeavors. And if you desire to bless our work financially, you can send to the cash app um, and the church said, or you can send through PayPal at and the church said also. We do ask that you pray for us and our outreach as we continue to move as God so leads. So thank you so much if you would prayerfully consider that. So today, our episode is entitled Befriended and Betrayed. So 2020 has brought with it many challenges, and it has illuminated some challenges that were also present previous to this year. I think the added weight and stressors of 2020 served to be the straw, or in some cases, the bale of straw that has broken um, many the backs of relationships of various kinds family and friends, co-workers, neighbors, acquaintances, and strangers are buckling under the weight of a whole bunch of stuff, just a whole bunch of stuff. It's so complicated. As it is when dealing with relationships, it's just a complex matter. Things tend to compound and converge and confuse at lightning speed, and that sometimes it feels so overwhelming so bewildering, like how did we even get here? Well, the truth of the matter is several relational dynamics, both intrapersonal and interpersonal, probably were always present, but they have finally converged in a moment of time. The right temperature has been set underneath, the right of, uh, amount of pressure has um, surrounded the environment is just ripe 
for chaos and conflict and contention. And oh boy, here we are. I'm sure some of us are not necessarily surprised this is where we are. Several relationships we thought were friendships were mainly temporary alliances, attaching together for a cause or a purpose, against or for something or somebody. And most times those will dissolve in due time. Because when that purpose has been accomplished, usually there is no need for the alliance to remain. And therefore it dissolves, sometimes naturally, sometimes as a result of conflict. However, when we consider these alliances as friendships, then we have expectations that are attached to them because we view these as friendships. And when those expectations are not met, we feel a sense of betrayal, rejection, and yes, sometimes even abandonment. Do you remember the time in David's life when he was befriended by Saul? Now, I'm not a theologian, so I won't dig into the history of the passages and all of that. But what I want to highlight for us today is just a series of events. 1 Samuel 16, verses 21 through 22 reads, When David came to Saul and entered his service, Saul loved him very much, and David became his armor bearer. Then Saul sent word to Jesse, let David remain in my service for how he has found favor with me. Jesse is David's father. So Saul told Jesse to allow David to stay with him. David would play the liar when an evil spirit would come upon Saul. Interesting, huh? Saul would be relieved and feel better listening to David play. David also became best buds with Jonathan, who was Saul's son. 1 Samuel 18, 1 through 3 tells us that these boys were bound in close friendship. Jonathan loved David as much as he loved himself. Jonathan made a covenant with David because of the love that he had for him. Jonathan gave David his robe, his military tunic, his sword, his bow, his bow, and his belt. They were tight. David apparently was very successful in everything that Saul had sent him to do. He was placed in charge of the fighting men which pleased the people and the servants of Saul also. Saul became furious and resented the songs of celebration that were lavished upon David. 1 Samuel 18, 9 tells us, so Saul watched David jealously from that day forward. Yeah, so just another normal day in the neighborhood or so David thought. This day, David is playing the liar per usual, and Saul throws his spear towards David. What the what? David escaped him twice, but this began a quest of Saul's to kill David. Even thinking to himself, I don't have to do this. I can let the Philistines kill him. Then David will be gone. 
Now, Jonathan, realizing that his father wanted to kill David, told him to be on guard and hide in a secret place. Now, that's a friend. In that moment, he was like, hide from my dad. I need to talk to him and see if I can find out where his head is. I'll tell you everything that he says. Jonathan talked to his father, as he said he would. And he said, David has been a benefit to you. Why would you want to kill him? He's put his own life on the line for you. Saul listened and agreed and made a covenant with Jonathan that he would not kill David. And so Jonathan goes and tells his friend, all is cool now. I've talked to dad. He agrees. He, does have, he shouldn't take your life. And he made a covenant with me that he's not going to take your life. So David goes back to serve Saul. But lo and behold, Saul attempted to kill David again. Say what? Yeah, this time David left. He even had to leave his wife who had aided him in escaping by tricking Saul. This man, Saul, who befriended David, who loved David, who favored David, who told David's father to allow him to remain with him. Saul, whose son was best friends with David, this man has now betrayed him. Can you imagine what David was thinking? Well, we really don't have to imagine because there are many Psalms that are written by David where he was um, praying and pleading for his protection and for his deliverance and the praises when those things did manifest. However, think about the fact that David left his father's house to be with Saul. His best friend's father turned on him. His father allowed him to go when Saul asked. Yeah. And although Jonathan knew this at one time, he knew that his father sought to kill David. He thought that things were better, but apparently not. David had to get to stepping out of town for his own life. David had come and he had done everything that Saul asked of him. He and Jonathan were homeboys. They were like tighter than tight. David could play the liar and calm this man down. This man who befriended him and then betrayed him. David has settled in with Saul. He thought Saul was for him. He thought he could trust Saul. He hid. He came back hoping that things would be better. And again, Saul turned on him. The man who befriended him and then betrayed him. Once Jonathan and David were able to communicate again, David told Jonathan, 
hey, your father is after me again. Jonathan said, let me see what's going on with him again. You won't die. I make a covenant with you. If my dad is going to bring harm to you, I'll let you know. And if he is, will you please promise to be kind to my household in the event that I die? Isn't that incredible? Jonathan had to consider, if I don't survive, will you please be kind to my household? Jonathan was true to his word. He told David that indeed Saul was seeking to take his life. And so these best of friends knew that they would have to part ways. Not because they were mad with one another, because the circumstances were such that they would no longer be together. Yet, they were always knit in each other's hearts. The latter portion of 1 Samuel 20, verse 41 says, he and Jonathan kissed each other and wept with each other, though David wept more. Verse 42 says, Jonathan then said to David, go in the assurance the two of us pledged in the name of the Lord when we said, the Lord will be a witness between you and me and between my offspring and your offspring forever. Then David left and Jonathan went into the city. Interestingly enough, the Bible mentioned that David wept more. Who knows what could have been going through his mind, but I know for me, I'm thinking to myself, what a friend Jonathan was to David. I'm thinking if I were in David's shoes at that moment, like, wow, you kept your word to me. Although I know it was difficult for you to go against a member of your family, in this case, your father, for the sake of my life and my friendship, you did it anyway. I'm thinking, Jonathan, man, you've offered yourself a sacrifice not once, but twice, you have now saved my life. You told me to hide out and you told me to give you a chance to see what your father was really up to. And you did not deny me my experience. You did not blow my feelings off. You did not heap another emotional blow on top of me by denying your father could and would do such a thing again. It could have been easier for Jonathan to have deluded himself about his father. Not my father. No, you got it all wrong. <laughs> You're misunderstanding. That's just the way he is, but he doesn't mean you any harm. Yeah. But Jonathan believed his friend. Jonathan spoke up for his friend. Jonathan put his body and his life on the line for his friend. Jonathan established trust with his friend. We make emotional bids all of the times in our friendships. 
We ask, do you see me? Won't you stand up for me? Will you make that person who is hurting me stop? Will you come to my rescue? Will you be by my side? Do you feel like they feel about me? Why won't you say anything? These are emotional bids that we make unconsciously or maybe consciously in our friendships. And when those bids are not met, when these emotional needs are not met, we can then tend to have feelings of rejection or feelings of abandonment. We can be discouraged by thinking that this friend is going to meet us in this place of need and they don't. We can feel betrayed. Doctors Les and Leslie Parrott offer in their book, Relationships, some things to consider as to why a friend fails us. They offer three things. The first one being change. Change, either positive or negative, is going to impact even the most treasured lifelong relationships or friendships. Neglect. Friendships need to be nurtured. And lastly, betrayal. Betrayal dismantles trust. And depending on our lived experiences, our bodies will process betrayal as trauma. And that's a whole discussion by itself. Doctors Les and Leslie Parent also give some general principles as to determine if the friendship is over due to irre irreconcilable differences. And as we are assessing whether these relationships can be um, restored and rebuilt, here are some suggestions that they have for us to consider. First being that we need to count the cost. Now, if the relationship was unhealthy from the beginning, why do we keep pursuing it? If it is a misunderstanding, then okay, do we wanna work on this? Is it worth it for us to work on this? We must count the cost. Then we must make meaningful contact. How can you begin an honest discussion about your feelings? Are you ready to be a good listener? Or are you ready to be a good defender of your stance? So many times we listen to hear where and how we can refute a person as opposed to listening to understanding their feelings, their experiences, whether we can agree with them or understand them or not. Next, we have to forgive as best as we can, understanding that forgiveness is a choice. It is a statement that says, 
It is an act of my will. I choose to release you from this debt that I hold against you. It is not an emotional decision. We cannot wait until we quote unquote feel like forgiving a person because that may never come. It's an act of the will. Next, we can diagnose the problem because usually what happens, we usually do not want to acknowledge that there is a problem. Again, we jump over things, we sugarcoat, we just say that was in the past. No, we must stop and diagnose the problem. We have to get to the heart of the matter. And then we must rebuild respect. These are not easy things to do, but these are the necessary things that we must give um, consideration to if we are going to determine if this friendship is irreconcilable or if it is one that we should attempt toward reconciliation. Because the truth is there are gonna be many times of forgiveness without any reconciliation. There may be pleasantries that will be exchanged and no connection. And then there may be nothing at all that remains. Just a distant memory. Because some chasms are so deep and so wide that I think people realize that they are just beyond patching up. So if you can identify with David, I pray you will allow yourself the opportunity to heal. When you have been with a person who befriended you to ultimately betray you, especially repeated times, please consider speaking with a therapist. People might say dismissive things to you, such as that was 20 years ago. You need to let that go. Well, sometimes it's just not that easy because especially if your body has experienced this as trauma, it's beyond a dismiss. It's beyond just ignoring it. It's beyond just letting it go. Those things simply won't do. I know this year has brought many things to light. Friendships have been tested in ways that has caused serious strife and ultimate breakups. It hurts when you expect those emotional bids to be met and they are failed. It is traumatizing for some and it is enough for others. They will now establish strict boundaries that will keep them from being hurt in that way again. Some won't ever speak again. Some will be pleasant. Some will have occasional casual conversation. That's just the reality. But I pray you find or you become a Jonathan. I pray you think about how a person feels when they have been befriended and betrayed by the same individual. 
especially repeated times. Are you willing to offer your body and your life as a bomb and a sacrifice to others? Are you okay with having family or friends to turn against you for standing for another, for protecting another, for saying that they haven't done anything wrong? They just did what they were supposed to do. They just existed as they were created to be. Are you willing to stand up for a person? Are you willing to ask, what do you have against someone else? Are you willing to be as a Jonathan? Because I pray that you can recognize what being a Jonathan can do for a person. It's healing. It offers a corrective emotional experience for someone. I'm sure, I, I, I just believe it had to have gone through David's mind, what Jonathan was um, giving up, what Jonathan was sacrificing, what Jonathan was giving to David. This, this is your father. You did not fail me. You told me you would do a thing and you held true to your word. You loved me. You've given to me. You've taken care of me. You've saved my life. You have warned me. I think I could understand why David wept more. Yeah. Because Jonathan was healing. Jonathan offered a corrective emotional experience. And that is what is needed when we have been befriended and betrayed by the same person. And guess what? As I prepare to close out, Jesus knows. He prayed the ultimate prayer. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So maybe that's it. Maybe people don't know. And maybe they do. But what a prayer. Jesus prayed. Jesus. He was befriended. And he was betrayed. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. After you have heard my call, and we be as a Jonathan who offers security and trust in relationships and friendships, who establishes trust and doesn't do anything to break that trust. Can we be like Jonathan and offer our bodies as a living sacrifice to communicate, I see you, I believe you, I trust in you, you're worth it, I love you, I care for you. What about David? 
whose heart was broken, who was betrayed after he was invited to live with someone, someone who found favor in him, who befriended him and then ultimately betrayed him. David needed corrective emotional experiences. David needed healing. If you can identify with David, maybe you do too. This has been my call. When we are befriended and betrayed, what will be your response? And the church said.